Welcome to Civil Discourse, a podcast where participants are free to share their ideas, empathize with other perspectives, and who intend to advance to a better solution to fix a societal ill. We will focus on topics that are particularly complicated. In a time where information is from sources more opinionated than ever, our mission is to find solutions and goals to accelerate the nation's progress with cultural impunity. I'm your host, Todd Furness. Welcome, and I appreciate your joining us today on the we the uh, podcast that we try and put out every week, and we have been successful for the last few months in putting one out every week. This one's a little later in the week, as I had to do some additional research on something I'm very excited about. And uh, I'm going to give a shout out here to my good friend, Amanda. I can't tell you who Amanda is yet, because I'm encouraging her to come onto the podcast. And if I, if I uh, expose her too early, she might get nervous. So let me just say that Amanda, my friend, is uh, responsible for helping me come to learn more about uh, something that she's working on. And it's really, really exciting. So just once again, if, if you like these podcasts, I encourage you to like, share, and, and subscribe. Uh, as I've mentioned before, we're eager to build our base here and uh, have a thorough and thoughtful discussion on a range of topics. And uh, your support is vital and important, and I'm grateful for it. Uh, I'm pleased to report that we're over 250,000 views of my podcast, and I'm hoping that that's a trend that continues. Uh, again, I'm grateful for your support and look forward to having more of these conversations in the future. So now to back to today's conversation and uh, uh, my friend Amanda. So my friend Amanda and I are talking and she's telling me about this product she's working on. Can't tell you what it is. I'm hopeful she's going to share with you when she's ready. Um, but in the course of this, she was telling me about some of the research she had done. And uh, before I get to exactly what that is, I want to remind everybody what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. So I have this very, and I love this term uh, because it, it's uh, spot on, hubristic uh, goal, which is to take what I've learned and to keep learning, of course, but to take what I've learned and then use it to hopefully improve the quality of American life. And to do that, I'm hopeful that we're going to do research, we're going to quantify social ills, and then we're going to not only invest, but hopefully encourage others to invest in solving the social ills that we've researched and quantified. So the book is obviously the first one on healthcare. Uh, we'll look at other social ills as well. And the ills will map to things that the nation is concerned about. So we started with healthcare. We're gonna turn our attention quickly to broadband. Uh, we'll then talk about education, food, water, air, and sanitation. Broadly, we'll map to the 17 UN Sustainable Development Goals. And the goal here, our goal, our internal goal is to help uh, again with set, taking uh, market principles and where market principles don't work, free market principles don't work, then developing other uh, approaches to solve problems. So I'm doing that right now with uh, leaders here in Dallas County to help solve the broadband issue, for example. We've created the first ever healthcare inequality index to start identifying the issues associated with healthcare um, that can be fixed and, and to quantify those issues, uh, draw attention to them so that we have specific ways to uh, geographically, quantitatively, and qualitatively solve the problems. Obviously, we wrote a book on healthcare, and uh, we're going to continue to work through these issues on a case-by-case -case basis. In the course of that, I, can, I have an opportunity to talk to a lot of people, and I bump into 
interesting ideas, uh, and sometimes they're they're just interesting, and they're not not really something that's uh, solid enough for further investigation. But in this instance, I think it certainly has been. So, the issue that we want to talk about today is an issue called, or the opportunity in the technology called digital therapeutics. And what we're doing is we're taking these devices, these smartphone devices, and we're now using them to create treatments and protocols and uh, delivery devices for uh, treatment of specific kinds of ailments. Now, I tend to try and stay away from medicine. I tend to try and focus on things like uh, healthcare business models and economics. And the reason why I do that is because I'm not a, a physician and I want doctors to be doctors and I want to look to them for their sage counsel and their advice and their, uh, and I want to support them in, in their pursuit of treatments that are uh, helpful for solving diseases. There's a new area though, which is this area of digital therapeutics where we're seeing this uh, increasing symbiotic relationship between medicine and technology. And when I use the, the term technology, I'm really talking about things like artificial intelligence, cognitive reasoning platforms, uh, algorithms, software, and other and databases and the like, uh, all coming together to, to help treat or solve uh, medical problems. And so that's, that's exciting to me. And I hope it's exciting to you as well. And we're gonna talk about that a little bit today. Uh, so when I started this, I was talking to my friend Amanda about the digital therapeutics and to that end, I started doing some homework on it. And of course, and it's unsurprising, uh, that there's actually in, within the construct of the FDA, the food and drug administration, there actually is something called a digital center of excellence and the digital center of excellence states as its goal on the website to empower stakeholders to advance healthcare by fostering responsible and high quality digital health innovation. Uh, and it, con it, it includes the idea of the smartphone as a delivery model. And they also point to another element of their anticipated outcomes. So they go through goals, objectives, and then anticipated outcomes as uh, including the opportunity to strategically advance science and evidence for digital health technologies that meet the needs of stakeholders. Well, stakeholders includes obviously not only the people who are developing the tools, but also the patients who are using those tools for the purposes of uh, improving their health and dealing with chronic and, and other forms of healthcare issues. Uh, may not be chronic, maybe it is chronic, but uh, we'll talk about that also in just a second. Um, the idea here is really interesting to me because it brings together these very, very different disciplines. Um, it's not surprising that a lot of the intellectual capabilities and the intellectual uh, competencies uh, overlap with between technology and medicine, but the way that, that some of these things are coming together is very, very innovative. The, uh, the website also that I'm drawing your attention to, and I encourage you to go out and take a look at, includes topics uh, such as software as a medical device. Now think about that for a second, software as a medical device. They include a list of experts. So these are digital health experts uh, and digital therapy experts where you can reach out to them and they have their own specific areas of excellence where they can speak to and help uh, play a role in developing new protocols, new therapies 
and the like. Uh, and I don't want to suggest that it's just software. There are also hardware uh, devices too, obviously. You know, we've seen some of the tools that have been made available by smartphones where you can take an EKG uh, using your, your smartphone. You can monitor your glucose levels and, and there are other things you can monitor as well. Uh, they, are, they list in their uh, field of, fields of focus, artificial intelligence, physiologic sensors, wearables, and the medical internet of things, they refer to it, digital therapeutics, software engineering, real world evidence, uh, mobile networks and wireless communication, cybersecurity, uh, and digital biomarkers. All of these things are, are uh, contributing factors to the success of digital therapeutics. Uh, and to give you an idea of the way of how early this is and how much momentum it's grabbing, in my view anyway, uh, as of February 22 of 2021, there were 126 organizations listed as quote unquote participating organizations uh, in providing uh, digital therapeutics experts uh, to the conversation. There are also uh, a number of different communities, collaborative communities they've identified and they're, uh, they're facilitating and supporting. Uh, but it should come to no surprise, come as no surprise that we are uh, going to need a different approval process, different kinds of regulators and uh, different kinds of engineers and technologists and scientists who are involved in the regulatory process to evaluate the efficacy and to uh, expedite approval for these technologies. And that's going to be something that everybody needs to get used to. Uh, the regulators themselves are going get, to need to get used to a different approach and a different way of doing things as well as the people involved in the process themselves. And I anticipate that there are going to be some bumps and bruises along the way as we develop these things in real time. We just don't know uh, how it's all gonna play out. And because this is such a new field, uh, we're gonna have some, some growing pains. It happens every time new technologies are developed and so this won't be the first time, but it is something that we're going to have to deal with uh, not only within the, the agencies and, and the, uh, the departments, but also out in the market. And we're gonna need to figure out new, new ways of not only putting things forward, but also new ways to finance them, capitalize them, roll them out, distribute them. And this is gonna have a, a, very, a very much of a, uh, of a domino effect throughout all of healthcare. So I don't wanna overstate this, but I think that the implications uh, for this are very, very significant, especially as they move a lot of the advice and the therapies themselves out to uh, the end user, the individual patient who can then interact with the technology themselves directly. They'll be interacting with physicians differently. Um, it calls into, into question immediately, for example, issues like state licensing of physicians and telehealth and telemedicine because support groups or, and customer service are gonna be walking a very thin line on uh, delivery of healthcare services. Uh, it raises all sorts of questions around what kinds of uh, licenses and capabilities and training are going to be required for those uh, customer service organizations and how those uh, different entities deliver the service itself. So it's going to be a really, really interesting uh, aspect of our industry that's going to unfold over coming months and years. Uh, and I would imagine that uh, a great deal of both interest and capital and quite honestly patience is going to be required for us to uh, move to the next generation uh, and next level of 
uh, of adoption for these technologies and access to these technologies. So it's really access and then adoption. So uh, just to give you an idea, we've, we've only had a very, very limited number of digital therapeutics already approved. Uh, there is one called, and I'm just reading from the web, I'm taking these from the website, I'm not reading from the website, but I'm taking them from the website uh, because I think uh, they're important and they're early, early signals here for the marketplace. The first is called Propeller Health, and that deals with asthma and COPD. Uh, the second is Verta Health, V-I-R-T-A Health, which deals with uh, diabetes. Another is Akili Interactive, which deals with cognitive impairment ther therapies. And what's really interesting about Akili, and again, just to be clear, I have no economic relationship with any of these companies. They've not asked me to speak to these uh, issues. They've not asked me to even speak about them. Uh, all I'm doing is, uh, is just trying to contribute to the conversation around this hot topic. Um, so I, I, again, I'm not, uh, I'm not uh, paid in any way, shape, manner, or form directly or indirectly to, uh, to advocate on, these, on their behalf. I'm just letting the public know what's going on in this space. Um, Akili Interactive, though, I think is really interesting because uh, not only do, do they help with cognitive impairment therapy, but they're delivering it through a video game. I thought that was very interesting. Uh, One Drop, which is a diabetes management uh, protocol, uh, Lark Health, which has a nursing platform for chronic health issues, and then Paratherapeutics, which uh, helps with substance abuse. Now, there's a, one other one, which I'm going to read to you from the, uh, from the site, the FDA site, uh, which is a, com a company called Bioformis, B-I-O-F-O-U-R-M-I-S. And we'll put these uh, notes down in the in the notes below the podcast so that you can access them directly if you'd like. I'm just going to refer you back to the FDA website. Um, but what, what is stated in the Bioformis website is that every second our FDA cleared AI-based ecosystem compares 20 plus physiological signals from a wearable biosensor with data from millions of other chronic patients. The result powerful pattern recognition designed to help clinicians predict and prevent deterioration before it happens. So think about that. This is a combination of things like, you know, sophisticated data, uh, database technology, uh, sophisticated AI, sophisticated algorithms, uh, sensors. One can imagine that, uh, that the AI, which simply makes a recommendation or offers you a, a, a set of potential uh, either outcomes or recommended behaviors um, will develop into something a little bit more powerful uh, that we would call a cognitive reasoning platform where they're uh, taking action. They could be taking action uh, altogether uh, based on the, the analysis that the system, the, the application or the AI pattern is, is undertaking. So this is all very, very fascinating stuff. And you can see how these different disciplines are coming together uh, in a way that really delivers incredible value back to the patient. Uh, and the question is going to be, of course, how does this all flesh out with regard to uh, cost and approaches taken by uh, not only clinicians, but also the patients themselves. So more to come on all of this. As you can imagine, this to me is a very rich vein of opportunity for discussion. And I look forward to really unpacking it. Uh, we will anticipate having uh, other experts on uh, who can speak to this issue. I'm really excited about the prospect of doing that because I think it will 
uh, will take apart this complex set of issues and uh, these exciting therapies and see kind of what the roadmaps are for some of these companies, where they intend to take this technology and this com uh, compilation of technologies into the future, what problems they see they want to solve most rapidly and in what succession. And if there's a, a sequence that allows them to build on the foundation they're creating to solve more problems, more healthcare problems, uh, more rapidly. So there's likely going to be that kind of a discussion unfolding as well. So while we see all this innovation and, and it's much more hyped on the financial services sector with things like cryptocurrency and non-fungible tokens for art. And, uh, and then we also talked earlier today about antitrust questions with technology. Uh, here's a good news story where we're actually looking at digital therapeutics uh, and a way to solve healthcare problems, or at least address healthcare problems, and maybe even, uh, at the worst case, manage them more effectively uh, in a variety of different ways, previously really un or not well considered, not well uh, resolved, and not well prepared. Uh, whereas now we, we really are putting some very interesting technology together to, in a very, very structured way to solve meaningful uh, challenges that, that so many of our uh, our our population are dealing with. Uh, the areas around cognitive impairment, I think are also very, very interesting. Um, and so we can imagine people on the spectrum, uh, some might argue many of them work in technology uh, because of their talents. And um, there's an opportunity to address those problems as well, or I shouldn't say those problems, I would say those uh, aptitudes and competencies uh, and differences. So there's a, a huge market, I think, for digital therapeutics. Uh, it's unclear how the distribution models will work. Again, it's unclear how the capital formation will occur. It's unclear how the, even the governance will occur uh, and how regulations are going to manifest or even what the approval process is. I think all this stuff is going to come to uh, fruition here shortly. And I think it's going to take a, a lot of hard work and a lot of collaboration. One of the other things that I didn't point out is that the FDA also has established what they call collaborative communities, which are fora in which uh, people interested in various topics can go to talk and either live in person, IRL as they say, or alternatively uh, in a, in a uh, forum that's online to address certain issues and, and advance the studies and advance the conversation. So we have a, a lot of different things going on here that are all very exciting and all very complicated. And so one of the things that I'm going to do, I'm going to take it upon myself, and hopefully you'll come join me for the journey, is to look into these issues and uh, unpack them accordingly. Um, so I, I encourage you to, uh, to subscribe. Uh, I encourage you to get the notifications when the new podcasts come out, because there's going to be a rich, rich torrent of information that comes out over coming weeks and months on, on the issue of not only uh, uh, digital therapeutics, but also on a wide variety of other issues uh, related to healthcare and other complex uh, topics that the nation faces. So thank you so much for your time today. Again, I'm really grateful for your support, and I, I hope that you'll uh, continue to support the podcast and also continue to join me in these conversations. Please feel free to comment uh, on these podcasts. I welcome that, and, uh, and I'll look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you so much for your time today. Thanks for watching this week's episode of Civil Discourse. 
To learn more about today's topic or our guest, visit www.the60percentsolution.com or www.tfip.group.